friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, and mama to Bear and Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Hi, friends. Laura here. I am so excited to announce that the Modern Mamas podcast has joined forces with Paleo Valley. If you've been following me for long, you know that I absolutely love and appreciate their products because they've been such an important part of my journey to health and then also now Evie's journey, especially with her first foods. Our absolute favorite in this household is the grass-fed organ complex. We also love the beef sticks and their brand new turkey sticks and take them with us basically everywhere we go on all of our travels. Some other of our favorites include the organic super greens, which are great for smoothie bowls or smoothies or just taking down the hatch right as they are. We love the grass-fed, non-denatured whey, the superfood bars, which are loaded with collagen, and um, I cannot wait to now try their new Essential C Complex. Don't miss out. You can get an awesome deal. Just head to our show notes for the discount code and link and try them for yourself. You will not be disappointed. Enjoy! Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. Not only is this just another episode, but it just happens to be our one-year celebratory episode, and we have our most favorite guests we've ever had on back again. And um, so without further ado, I'm not really going to beat around the bush. We have Liz Wolf back on the (laughs) podcast, and um, I'm staring at her beautiful face and Jess's beautiful face and... Jess's husband's side face right now, and it's really exciting, and Evie's on the floor next to me, and ultimately, the, the goal of this episode is just to enjoy each other's company, share some answers to your questions with you, and just enjoy an hour of uninterrupted hangout time, and I'm, we're so glad to have you here, Liz. Thank you for being here. Thanks for making me your most favorite guest. <laughs> I'm going to go tell Diane her. right now that you like me better than her. <laughs> Don't tell her we said Just that. Just kidding. <laughs> I won't. Um, Tim has a major beard going on. I know you know this, but I've never actually seen it live on Skype. Live and in color. Yeah. Yes. And it's funny too, because like people are always asking me like, don't you hate his beard? And it's actually the opposite. Like I tell him all the time that he can never shave it because it just looks weird. Like that's the way I met him with the beard. <laughs> and when he shaves it, he looks like a little kid. So it's like, he has to have it forever and never know. I feel like if you can grow something like that, you should. Oh Absolutely. yeah. Rusty had a beard all the way up until he, even at our wedding, he didn't shave. He had scruff, which I'm so into. And then he was pursuing fire. And so he had to shave and I was like, who are you? Why do you have, he have to shave to do the fire? Yeah. Stuff? So with fire, you have to shave just to preface you guys. My kid is here. She might be making some noises, but um, I'm going to try and negate that as much as possible. Anyways, with fire, the mask has to seal. So you can't, that, that's why firefighters could have a mustache, but not a beard because the mask has to seal, seal on the face. So they could yeah. have a little chin tickler right oh, there. Underneath. No Maybe. one should have that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody get rid of it. Hey, should we read Liz's uh, bio? I feel like everyone knows. Yeah, do you have it pulled up right now? No. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can make up her bio. You I can make it probably... up. Actually, I'd love to hear that. Actually, I would too. Please do my bio. Oh God, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm trying to remember all the things. There's too many things you've accomplished. Oh Real yeah. Few. I mean, so many like... things I've done. <laughs> Liz Wolf is the Wall Street Journal best-selling author. Okay. Of yeah. Eat the Yoke. I didn't she... make New York Times. <laughs> Hey, Wall Street Journal is pretty impressive. I'm it's not going to lie. It's something. It is. Uh, she is the co-host of the Balance Bites podcast, which has been running for six years. Mm-hmm. Six years. She blogs occasionally at realfoodliz.com. <laughs> she doesn't live in a farm in the mystical land of the Midwest anymore. But no. she still lives in the Midwest. You moved to suburbia, right? I moved to... I moved to a lake community. A retirement community? It's basically a retirement community. (laughs) All of your dreams are coming true. All of them. Do you eat dinner at five? (laughs) No, but they do have a clubhouse with like a different buffet stuff at different points during the week. And people tool around in golf carts. It's unreal. Don't forget about the Purely Primal Skincare Guide. Purely Primal Skincare Guide. And and she co-created the online pregnancy and parenthood community, Baby Making and Beyond. Set to launch in 2017. (laughs) Set to launch in April 2015. Where are we now? Give us an update. Give us an update on that. Yeah, why don't you give us an update? Tell us about yourself, Liz. Yeah. Okay, well, that was excellent. That was basically my Balanced Bites podcast bio, so good job. Uh, I, (laughs) (laughs) I read it every week on the balance podcast. Um, I, sorry, my computer fan is going right now and I don't know how to stop it. Hopefully it's not bothersome. Um, so updates. Yeah. I used to update the blog fairly regularly. Now you can mostly find me on Instagram. That's kind of my go-to now. That seems to be where everybody is, but God help me if like a new platform comes up that I have to learn because I'm not going to. Um, I uh, have been working on a mom, a fertility, pregnancy, baby, postpartum program since I got pregnant and probably before that. Um, and my daughter is three. So <laughs> you just want it to be everybody. perfect. There's nothing I, wrong with that. I do. It will. However, it will launch at some point this summer. It's going to be probably like a smaller, more pared down program. Um, I wouldn't even call it a program. It's just one of those, uh, you know, when you just want to know everything that you need to know and you want to find out from one place and not have to go seek and gather all of the information for yourself. That's basically what I wanted to create. And I'm not playing expert in this program in baby making and beyond. It's more, I am the mom that has all the experts on speed dial. So when I have a question, a weird nerdy nutrition question or weird nerdy child development question, I call in the experts. I've got master's degrees, PhD researchers, some amazing people on my team that basically are there to mine the literature and synthesize it and give me their takes on what they read and research, which has been amazing because what mom doesn't want to have like a panel of experts at the ready at any time. So that's kind of what it's turned into. And of course, there's Meg, the midwife, who has been basically, she did her part like three years ago and she's just been waiting on me. Uh, But she's amazing. She's a midwife from Canada. Um, I believe she's going to start moving into um, 
becoming a therapist to help women. Yeah. Because she's seen so much of the pregnancy and the birth and the postpartum that I feel like she's feeling really called to help women in the postpartum period, which is amazing. Um, so I think those are her plans for now. Um, but the cool thing about being a midwife in Canada is that you work both, um, in at home and in hospital settings. So a woman would choose where she wanted to birth and they could be at home or she could be in the hospital. And so Meg has, you know, done home birth and she's attended C-sections. So she's seen it all. And that's a huge strength. So she's amazing. She's involved with the program, but we have to get something out within the next couple of months or our trademark application will expire. I have many, many times, um, I've paid the extension on that quite a few times. So something's <laughs> going to come out. We're going to have to start using the mark in commerce eventually. And what I would recommend people do is go to babymakingandbeyond.com and signing up for that email list so you can get notified. I'm probably not going to advertise the launch, um, publicly. It's just going to be to that list and to my parenthood group. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, if you, if you kind of buy in at the, at the pared down program, you're still going to be, you'll still have access to it as we build it out. So you can kind of just get in early, probably at a much lower price. And then as we build it out, you'll be able to access all of the information. Eventually, hopefully we'll charge a little bit more for it because it's a lot of information. Oh my gosh. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, beyond is there? What's the beyond part? Mm -hmm. So I knew that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about all the questions that I get. So from the second people found out I was pregnant, I was getting a lot of questions about what I did in the fertility preconception time and what I, what to be eating when you're pregnant and movement when you're pregnant and what really matters. So of course we had to wrap in things like sleep and stress in like actionable, manageable bites, like actionable information, not just like, Oh, meditate every day. And then you'll have a great pregnancy. Ha ha. That's kind (laughs) of not how it works. Not in my world. That's not how it works. And get more sleep. Okay. I'll do that. Like the only way I could have gotten more sleep as a pregnant person would have been to wear an adult diaper because I was <laughs> peeing like 12 times a night. And, and so just insomnia too, right? Like I think I slept better yeah. in the first week's postpartum than I did when, my whole pregnancy because you're just, oh I was just awake. I feel like I haven't slept since I got pregnant. <laughs> it's so funny now too. And this is like, we'll probably, <laughs> we'll probably talk about this at some point. I've been going to therapy for a while now, finally. And one of the things that I'm realizing is so much of this patterning that started for me postpartum when like every time my baby would like, I don't know, like breathe, like if I could hear her breathe, I'd be like, what's wrong? You know, or if she would move or grunt or anything, I would like wake up and look at her, wake up and look at her. And I still do that now. She's three some years old. And if I hear anything, I'm like, I am up and awake. And so I'm kind of working on, I'm noticing some of those patterns that really just kind of got out of hand when she was little tiny still affect me today. So just all of these little things, right? These little things that I didn't even know I would be thinking about. Like these are all of the things that I want to fold into the program and really just make people feel like they've got a little bit of a grasp on the things that maybe feel unpredictable. But once you've kind of got a safe space to talk about them and to learn about things, you start to feel a lot less alone. And I remember I felt really, really alone, even though I had great friends, I still felt like I didn't know what was happening. So that was as a first time mom. And then of course, once you have your second kid and, and there are always just different questions that pop up and, you know, I want to talk about movement and I want to talk about exercise and postpartum care for moms. What I noticed, this is so sorry. Now I'm rambling, but going. 
Okay. So what I've been noticing on my Instagram is that everybody, it's really in vogue to talk about the fourth trimester right now, right? Like moms need to be cared for in the first, in the fourth trimester and even the year after that. And this is so important. And to me, it almost feels like not like, yay, we're talking about this. It feels like, okay, now we're giving moms another thing that is not happening that they should be doing. And now they're going to worry about it. You know what I mean? So I'm all about this fourth trimester thing and moms taking care of themselves better. But I want to talk about that in the context of reality. Um, You know, because none of us really can stay in bed and drink broth for four weeks after we have a kid. Mm -hmm. It's just not, it just is not how the world works. And so for me, I, I started to feel a little bit like, not oppressed by this idea, but I'm so glad people are talking about it, but let's talk about it in like an actionable, manageable way, not just a, this is what's wrong with society and this is what you should be doing type of way. And also not every mom wants to sit like for, I would have gone nuts if I had sat in bed for four weeks, you know? So I think that's awesome. It's like providing more, more opportunities, more options. Can you guys hear her? Probably Girl, so much. I love her. <laughs> um, anyways, I love that. I can't wait for it to come out. I've been, I mean, I've been following you since like before you got pregnant. I remember the episode of Balance Bites where you like sort of hinted at it and then that was <laughs> it. <laughs> like I still, I was on a walk. I was like in the throngs of chronic pain. All I could do was walk. I was infertile and I remember hearing that and I was like, oh, I knew it immediately. I was like, she's pregnant. <laughs> so fun to think back because it's been so long ago. I mean, I feel like it's been so long ago since we had you on the podcast for the first time. When I, know, I had a I brand new baby on my boob sitting on the couch and now yes. she's crawling around making a lot of noise. Um, it's just so cool to think about a whole year has gone by and all the things that have, and uh, all the things that have happened and we've met in person and now your baby making beyond is like legit has to come out <laughs> within the next <laughs> few to. months. And so it's just fun to see the full circle and everything that's come and I can't wait I for it to I was going to make out. a horrible joke about like, it has to come out or we're going to do a C-section. That's just a bad <laughs> joke. But I can say that because that's what was said to me. I'm not like, <laughs> that was literally, they were like, okay, her butt's coming out. Like, <laughs> oh gosh. we, we got to do this. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's got to come out and it's, it's got to happen. So <laughs> it's been Sometimes years of work. that's good though, right? Like a yes. little bit of pressure. It's like, otherwise I'm speaking from my personal experience. Like I have all these plans and dreams and goals and products and ideas and nobody's pressuring me but myself. And so it just never gets done. Yeah. <laughs> you 100%. know? Yeah. And, and I'm I'm just, yeah. So it's, it's at this point, like it's either not going to happen or it's going to happen. And my back's kind of against the wall. That's how I always did it in college. Right. I wrote papers like overnight have the whole semester and then I just write them the night before. Well, we're excited and I'm excited to just have all that information in one place. And it's like, you know, right now we're just telling people like people will ask us questions about nutrition or, you know, sleep or supplements. And it's like, we're directing them in like 5 million different places. Yeah. And if we can just have it one place where we can just be like, you want all the goods go here. She's got it all for you. It's going to be a game changer. I'm so excited. And by the way, Meg, the midwife is coming on the podcast in July, I think. So I'm super excited to have her on. We get a lot of questions about birth um, and the process of birth and natural, quote unquote, natural birth versus C-sections and all that good home birth and birth centers. Um, So she's going to be a really, really good guest. (laughs) She's the best and she's Canadian. So she'll, she'll throw in some of like the little Canadianisms, like the A's and the, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's Fargo, North Dakota. I don't know. <laughs> that sounded like very much Minnesota. One or the other. 
Yeah. Well, that's really what I wanted to do is I wanted everything to be in one place. And honestly, like I haven't found any one place to direct people yet. There's a lot of things that are being said, even in our community that I disagree with. Nothing, nothing like urgent, nothing like, oh God, you're eating that and you need to stop now. But, but just little things, little subtle things. Exceptions maybe. What's that? Yeah. Like misconceptions that people have kind of like passed on as truth and maybe the yes. literature isn't so much backing that up. I mean, yeah. even in our like very health conscious world, there are different things. that's like, well, yes. yeah, that We're might not, not immune to that. Yeah. Right. I a hundred percent agree with that. And at the same time, like tying this back to the fourth trimester thing where like somehow we're supposed to figure out how to like relax and get massages and drink bone broth and not leave the couch for four weeks. It's like, I really feel like it can be a lot smaller than that. I really feel like if we just feel like we have a community to access anytime we need it to find answers, that might be enough to make us feel less stressed and less alone. I think mm-hmm. that's the first step versus getting everybody to completely change their entire world, rearrange behaviors, change the culture, because that's that's just so much more pressure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited. Laura. Yay. Hi. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, maybe making me on in your excitement. Um, mostly just that I can't wait. And I love that it's, I love that. So I guess what the reason why I even asked in the beginning of why the beyond is because I think that's one thing that kind of, as you were saying, Liz, like people, what I've noticed quite often is m- women get really wrapped up in the labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, what, that labor and delivery and how that goes, I don't want to negate the importance of that and how much it, it matters and, and everything. But what comes next is that you have to be a parent. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes if we're so wrapped up in how the baby comes out, it can make that immediate parenting period right after the baby comes out harder because then you have okay. expectation and then you could be disappointed. And I don't know that that would be my I, the overwhelming emotion that I'd want going into having a brand new baby, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think it's so important that we talk about beyond, um, because I have a family member who's pregnant right now and she's just so, so, so worried about labor and delivery and she's so stressed. And one of her concerns is that she's not sure if she's gonna be able to connect with her baby. And, and I just, I'm like trying to wrap my mind around it. Like, let's think that's, that's going to be a day, maybe two days out of your life. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be magic and it's going to be intense and all the things, but like then you're a mom and, um, there's so much that goes into that. So I'm just really excited that you're creating a realistic, um, guide or resource for us to think a little bit more about the beyond. So I think I'm just excited. That's all. (laughs) I think I talked about this on our last episode too, about how, uh, important that, you know, being a parent is after the baby comes. So Yeah. I kind of forgot to think about that too, a little (laughs) bit. I mean, I didn't, there were some resources that I had and what's interesting is like, I was fully expecting to parent a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then what happened at my daughter's birth, like I was kind of consumed with that and it manipulated like my plans, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So you almost just have to be willing to let go of the plan And I know what I've kind of noticed in the holistic community in particular is like, this is the birth plan. You have to be assertive because otherwise you're going to get, you know, caught in the current of, you know, whatever it is, modern medicine or the doctor on call, or, you know, this is how unwanted C-sections happen. And of course, to a degree that's true, but I feel like what I've really realized in life is that there is this spectrum, right? There's, I'm using my hands right now. People can't see it, but you've got (laughs) this extreme and you've got this extreme. And generally like the truth is 
it's somewhere in between. So while a plan is important, clinging so aggressively to it that you can't bend a little bit and you can't adjust and you can't go with the flow can cause major problems. And and it did with me. I mean, this is something that I'm working through in therapy, this perfectionism, this Mm -hmm. clinging, this need to know exactly how things are going to go and how things could possibly go. And I really got that slap in the face from the universe. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. I've never talked about this before. It's really interesting to me now that I was able to just like dump it out of like puke it out a minute ago that my baby's butt was coming out. So my daughter was breech and we didn't know until I was deep into labor. And so I've never said this before and I've got chills right now, but like when we last talked, however long ago that was, I would never have been able to say that without crying. I couldn't even think about it without crying, but being in therapy and working through so much of this stuff, I I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I had a plan. I had midwives. I was giving birth at a birth center. I had this perfect plan laid out and I was really clinging to it because I felt like that was the only way to give birth safely. This was the only way my wishes were going to be respected. Well, walk into the clinic and they realize that she's facing the wrong direction. And I got shipped out in an ambulance, like unceremoniously to the local hospital. And all of a sudden I'm in a completely different world that I never, ever thought I would be in. And, you know, part of the reason I never shared about this is because people give their advice. Oh, well, you could have refused. You could have given birth in your car. You could have whatever it was. When you are deep into labor and feeling like you need to push now, you cannot advocate for yourself. And I could not have done the research on breech birth as a variation of normal. I could not have found somebody who was willing to do it. I could have done it in the parking lot all by myself, I guess, but not going to do it. So what were my options? I I went in and I said I had to just give up control at that point. I had a great doctor on call. She was lovely. I would even consider birthing with her again. She actually sat there and very calmly answered my questions while I was like working through contractions. And she very well could have been like in a hurry, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. This baby's coming out. By the time they got me on the table, they literally said, that's a butt. (laughs) We've got to get this kid out. Um, So being able to flex and to not allow that to break you, I feel like it's very, very worthwhile to prepare for that Mm -hmm. from the beginning and not just say, no, I'm not having a C-section, period. Because then you'll find yourself where I was, which is like, oh God, this is happening. I've destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, that's, I I just really think it's important for us to be flexible and have faith that Mm -hmm. even if something crazy happens, there are a million other ways that we can be amazing parents and nurture our children and nurture their gut microbiome and all of that stuff. You know, there's no one thing. And I think in sometimes in letting go of that control, you are being the absolute best parent you could possibly be. Agreed. Like that's what needed to happen in that situation. And so it was like almost like it was an act of selflessness to let go of control. And and then your daughter's here and she's incredible and beautiful. And so thanks for sharing that with us. (laughs) Yeah, I literally, it's like, it feels fine to even say it. I'll have to I'm going to the therapist after this. I'll have to tell her. <laughs> yeah. That's like cathartic <laughs> that I talked me. about it. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, and then, can you guys hear me better now? Yeah. You sound yeah. great. Okay. My I'm microphone was on mute. No. Okay. Um, my microphone was on mute. And so I was talking through my headphones. So this should be better. And I'm glad you said that honestly, because I mean, we didn't have the same exact birth experience, but 
I mean, it was very similar in a lot of ways and, um, it destroyed me. Yeah. (laughs) And very much the same way that you're talking about just the expectation that I have. And even though I was able to deliver vaginally, um, it was a mess and it was probably not the best option for me or my kiddo. And then afterwards, the recovery from that, um, is so much harder because I, I think it's just all about control and you mm-hmm. want to be in control of the situation and you do X, Y, Z to prepare. And so it should come out the way that you prepared for it. And, yep. and when it doesn't, it's really hard. But I will say on the flip side, going into the second pregnancy, um, you're just, I really focused on letting go. And it went, I mean, so much better just in all aspects, uh, physically, mentally, and the postpartum effect. I mean, I think not to take anything away from everything that you gained from the first experience and all the positives that probably occurred during that process, but it definitely makes the second experience, I think, much better regardless of the outcome. Even if yeah. you ended, even if you end up in another C-section or a birth that, you know, is different from what you in, in originally wanted, you're just able to deal with it better, I think, you know? That makes sense. And I, I kind of have felt like my it's going to be a moment when I can honestly say to myself and I I'm close. I feel like I'm like 85% there for me to be able to say like, if I have another C-section, that's okay. I'm not saying I'm going to aim for another C-section. Just, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying whatever happens, whatever way, if I have another baby, that baby has to enter the world. I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to be grateful for it. And I'm going to just move forward. This was definitely a lesson that I needed to learn about control and perfectionism and expectations. And it's taken me, you know, three plus years to really start learning the lesson. But I'm glad I did because it translates to other areas of life as well. And look, that little one of yours started teaching you the second she came into the world. I know. (laughs) She's such an a-hole. Why couldn't she have given me like a couple weeks before she started teaching me these lessons? Uh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's crazy, right? They teach us so much and sometimes it totally sucks and other times it's great. But the control thing, we're in the, like the throngs of trying to figure out sleep. And it's like a lot of this stuff I thought came like real easy to my in like gut feeling. And now it's like, ah, some days I just, some nights I'm like, perfect, following my gut. This feels great. You know, I love this thing. And then another night I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the worst. How, how is this supposed to work? How do I get her to sleep? And then I'm like, oh, she's not even one. Uh, I can't control that. I can't make her Oh, she's barely been out for much longer than she was in. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sleep All is the that lessons. other thing, right? Yeah. Sleep is the other thing that people are like, like, it's like how you birth and then like what you do about sleep and crying and all that stuff that we mm-hmm. talked about in our old episodes. Those are, those are the humbling, mm-hmm. the humbling like categories I feel like in my life as well. It was yeah. definitely sleep was, sleep was tough for us. And I have to. I had to, and I still have to keep myself from being too all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that in our community, we have some really, really strong ideas about how babies should be raised Mm -hmm. and responded to. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but at the same time, I, I look at my friends, each one of my friends, parents, their children differently. Some of them have cried it out. Some of them, I don't know feed their children differently. Some of them respond to their kids differently. And all of these children are amazing, bright, beautiful souls. So children are resilient. And there are times where we're just going to make the best decision for us in the moment. And 
this is, this is something that my old therapist said to me at one point. Um, we were talking about how I felt like I had failed my daughter so much because I had done birth wrong, you know? And she said, well, don't you do like 50,000 things every day where you're well-intentioned and loving and doing your best as a mother? She's like, you don't think those things count? And they do count. It's that they count more than some of these other things, like how she came into the world. So it's all good. And you can even take that into like now as a parent, it's so hard, at least for me, to, to even think about the hundreds of things I've done that day, which were awesome for my kids. But if I mess up one time, if I yell, yeah. if I am less than like perfect in my mind, it's like, that's all I can think about. Yeah. It's like, I go to bed thinking about it, like, oh my God, you're the worst parent ever. And it's like, no, you just had a, you're human. You just had, had a, a bad day. You had yes. a moment, like one moment. And, you know, hopefully with us, it's like, we really make an effort to apologize and move on and like admit when we're wrong to our kids, which never happened in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's like, you're just learning too. like, even though you're an adult, you're still got miles and miles of learning to do. And that one mistake then can end up being a positive learning experience for your kid that they might not have had if you hadn't screwed up. So sometimes I mean, they are necessary. It's necessary for us to mess up sometimes. And they're, like you said, Liz, they're very resilient. Um, yes. So sometimes more than, more so than we are. <laughs> and less, we talk less about baggage there. Oh yeah. Less baggage. <laughs> they, thank goodness. Right. They talk about, you know, those parenting memes that are like, we're supposed to screw our children up. Like we are screwing them up. That's just part of it. And actually I'm kind of like, let's like maybe flip that script a little bit where it's like, it's not like, hey, I made a mistake, but I'm supposed to screw my kid up. It's like, hey, I made a mistake. This is going to teach my child resilience and humility and, um, you know, all those other excellent words. <laughs> that <laughs> Virtues I can't that right people now. are supposed to have. <laughs> yes. It's not screwing them up. It's life experiences. And you don't yeah. learn anything by being happy and perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's another thing. It's like, Okay, this is kind of totally off topic, but not really. On Instagram, I saw this video. I forget who posted it, but it was like this kid and he was just a giant mess. And people were talking about like how this is what's wrong with kids these days. It's the parents' fault and all this stuff. And I think the opposite of, because it was like, they were blaming helicopter parenting. Like for kids always, like this kid was disappointed about something and he was just freaking out. And I think it, to your what you're saying, it's like you if you make it so your kids never feel anything negative or they never don't get what they want or they never fail, I mean, gosh, how much do you learn from failing more than you learn from succeeding? Um, then yeah, that, you know, it's like you said, there's not, there's two extremes and the truth or really what you're aiming for should be kind of right in the middle of that. It's like, yeah, you can have good, good and bad things happen on both ends of the spectrum. So. Yep. Totally. I love it. I was like yesterday we were out on the lawn and Evie's been belly crawling for months now, but not hands and knees crawling. And she doesn't like being naked. She likes it, but she doesn't like her belly to be on the grass um, for at least for a long time. She seemed content at first, but anyways, so she gets up on her hands and knees and she's about to take a step. And then she kind of like wobbled a little bit and then she kind of got fussy. And my mom immediately wanted to go pick her up. And I was like, whoa, pump the brakes. And I was like, mm -hmm. you got, you know, let's see what you can do. And then she ended up crawling. And it's like, that's something, you know, it's it, if we never let kids struggle like the struggle is real and it's really necessary and it makes them stronger and better and I think it's a matter of like supporting them through the failure and the struggle and the screwing up um, versus not letting it happen 
and validating, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so today my daughter was so upset because my mom came over and she thought my mom was going to bring her chocolate, which is a totally other discussion. Maybe we have a little bit more chocolate happening at Nana's house than I would prefer to be (laughs) happening at Nana's house, but that's okay. Um, And she just was bawling. We're just getting into that stage where I'm like, this is not rational. Like you do not need to be upset about this, but guess what? All feelings are valid. You may not agree with them. You may not feel like they make sense in an adult context, but damn it. My kid was really upset about not getting chocolate. So I kneeled down with her and I was like, it's really sad when you can't have chocolate and you want it. And she was like, yeah. And then she moved on. Like she just needed me to understand that I like that she was sad about the chocolate. And I think that kids are invalidated a lot. And, you know, every once in a while, like I'm like, kid, quit, like just, Mm -hmm. just shut it. And that's, that's not nice (laughs) of me, but I can't be perfect all the time. But just to remember that, like whatever the sadness is as children, they don't have the capacity to manipulate or be upset about something like just for the sake of taking you off, like whatever it is, it's real. And let's, let's be there with them through it if we can. I mean, sometimes. Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the Lion's Mane and Coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water. You mix in the blend and you're set. They have caffeine caffeine free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow. And all, they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website Find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, you get 50% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy. It's tough, but. Yeah, and there's this like weird dichotomy of like invalidating their feelings, but also having very high expectations of what they can achieve as like a three or four year old. Like I do the same thing. It's like, why aren't you like, you seem so intelligent and you seem like you should understand this, but oh yeah, you're only four. Like Mm -hmm. I forget, but you're expecting them to be like little adults. But then, you know, it's like, it's this weird double standard for them. And I have to check myself all the time and remind myself like he's losing his shit. Sorry, because he's four and he doesn't have the brain development to really control those emotions. So, yeah, it's hard. And sometimes aren't you like, I want to have that reaction to something like that reaction happens in my head 10 times a day. And I'm not allowed to let it out because I'm a grown up. (laughs) I tell Evie that all the time. I'm like, yeah, like if we're in the car in traffic and she's melting, I'm like, I feel I really I feel the same way. Like, I get it. (laughs) I just I wish I could scream, too. (laughs) because how good does that feel? I'll, I'll ask them like, that feels good, huh? Maybe I'll do it too. (laughs) Oh, traffic. I love it. 
Well, we have some questions. Is there anything else you guys want to like any updates at this point that we want to touch base on? I'm coming off of my brain's a little scrambled. I'm coming off of five days with my husband gone. Um, three of those days were work days and they were hard, <laughs> but we're doing good now. It's Monday. He just, he actually walked in the door during this recording. He's in the other room with her and I'm feeling like it's amazing how much lighter I feel in this moment. Looking yeah. at two faces that I love and my husband's in the other room and he's got our baby and life is good. So that's the latest Yay. with us. And oh, and on that note, felt very supported that, like with, with local friends. Like this weekend was so fun. And every time I'd go hang out with people, um, I could just hand her off. And it was so nice to just like, ah, and she loves my, she loves our friends here. And it was really cool. And one more update. I got my bike fixed and we got a little bike seat. And I got a little helmet and it I saw that legitimately melts my heart. And she, the whole time we're riding, she's going ah, ah, like making little noises <laughs> and banging the little fake steering wheel. It is the cutest. <laughs> so that's that's my weekend, my last five days in a nutshell, along with some a little bit of chaos, but we're doing we're doing all right and new teeth and all the things. So I have a question for you too while I'm at it. Um so much snot. Like so much right now. And she's getting like some cuspids back here. Do you think it's more likely cold or teeth? Ugh. It's clear. Hard. Eternal question. Right? Yeah. Last night I she feel was like, like she was like react oh, so oh. weird to teething. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. She's like pulling on her ears and stuff and just it's like she's never had so much snot. It's just like uh Yeah. Everywhere. I feel like you kind of treat it the same way and just nurse a lot and just give her yep. some immune boosters. And you have you have the nose freedom, right? Yeah, sometimes she, it works. Sometimes it, it doesn't for us. Makes her want to cut my head off. She's <laughs> so mad. <laughs> but we do it. We do it. It helps. Yeah. And then afterwards, she's kind of like, oh, that was good. I feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just let me do it. Anyways, I'll never know. And that's okay. I'll just love that's on her the same. Thing. Yeah. She's yeah. happy. And like, she's, you know, so I think it's heat, but I, who knows? Anyways, what's new with you guys? <laughs> I got nothing. I think I gave it all to you, you guys. You gave it all. New home. Yeah. Mom's nearby. Mom's giving chocolate. You have a lake nearby. I'm jealous yes. of that. We're going to we come basically visit. basically moved to a retirement community. And Perfect. yeah, you guys have, you have to come visit. Um, we have plenty of room. I, I feel like I talked about this on the Balance Bites podcast and on my Instagram a little bit, just why we decided to move. The fact that we tried really, really hard at this farm thing for a long time. And at a certain point, I just had to call it and realize that um, some people can do it all, but I can't. So we moved closer to my parents, to this wonderful little lake community. Um, there's a lot of um, retirees here, but there are also a lot of young people are starting to move out here. There's a preschool. There's dance classes. You can drive around in your golf carts. There's golf. There's tennis. I mean, why not? <laughs> right? I yeah, mean, you can, always, beach. Yeah, you can always shift like later, if it's like something you want to do again, if you're over yeah. it, like, cool. Now you're moving on to a different part of your life. And I'm glad you're sharing that though, because I have this like romanticized idea in my mind of what it would be like to have my own little farm mm -hmm. and like take care of animals. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, do you really have the time for that? Like you can barely take a shower like every few yep. days. So the time and like the emotional capital for it. And there's also a big difference between I've called it this a glorified petting zoo and like a working <laughs> farm mm -hmm. and you can have farm animals and that's really fun. And maybe that's kind of the happy medium for me is like getting some goats and more kind of treating them as pets, but actually having a working farm, it was, it was way more than I could do. And then you're, you, you lose, you definitely lose 
like some freedom when it comes to traveling. I mean, yep. we have a hard enough time getting our, making sure our dogs are taken care of when we want to travel. And so, yeah, I just, that's when we moved to Washington, that was part of our plan was to, we bought, like we had a quarter acre. We were going to do grow a lot of our own food and then get some chickens. And then eventually we were going to lease some land and start to make it more of like a, a small, you know, produce enough food, at least to feed our family and whatnot. And and then we're like, wait a minute, we really have wandering souls and we've never lived in one place more than two years. What the hell are we thinking? <laughs> that's just not our, it's not something that we, it's feasible for us. So I definitely romanticize about it too. And I have so much respect that you went and you did it and so cool for your daughter to get to experience that. I love it. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. onward and upward or, or elsewhere. Onward and upward. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. What about you, Jess? Um, you know, I really don't have a whole, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like, going on. Um, I just got back from CrossFit Atlantic regionals. I got to work that with Rosti this weekend. Um, we usually get to go to like one regional competition and work that as a, the medical providers for the crop for that, for whatever region you get selected for. Um, and I went to California last year and Florida this year and it was super fun. Um, gosh, tiring, so tiring. I'm like wiped today, but it was really fun to get to connect with like the people that I work with and the athletes and, and all of that stuff. So that was, that's the biggest thing. Florida was cool. We went paddle boarding, um, for the first time and it was super fun, except that like 20 minutes in, we got t- like torrential downpour, which I guess is like normal in Florida. Like it rains like pretty much every day. Um, but it rained for like an hour and we were stuck, just stuck sitting there, like taking it <laughs> forever. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was the first time I'd ever just voluntarily or involuntarily, I guess, just been stuck in the the elements, um, for an extended period of time. So it was good. It was good for me to experience that, but yeah, I'll definitely paddleboard again. It was really fun. I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was, but that was fun. Um, working on a bunch of stuff. I know Laura and I are working on planning on working on some stuff for the podcast, but (laughs) try to make that happen. It is so crazy. How do you, I mean, how are you supposed to get all this stuff done that you have like planned? You're not. (laughs) It's impossible. That's, that's (laughs) why we, we just are, it's like a, I don't know, like a monkey with a Rubik's cube. It's like, you're just going to keep doing it until you figure it out. Even though there's Mm -hmm. the, that was a terrible analogy, by the way, monkey with a Rubik's (laughs) cube. I'm kind of into it though. I'm picturing that right now and enjoying it. (laughs) We we could maybe refine that analogy. at some point. a little more sense. I love it. Well, you know, we're doing the best we can. I feel like we're doing a pretty, a pretty damn good job personally. Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't even mention that this is our 52nd episode. I think and so we we've did. been doing this. But did we? I don't think we did in the beginning. Oh, okay. You said it was your year. I said it was our year. Okay. 52 year. Go us. Kick Happy ass. anniversary guys. Thanks. Thanks for coming on Liz to celebrate. Yeah. There's we, no better we way. Hand, we hand selected you for this episode. <laughs> you feel very important. I do. I actually really do. We're super grateful. It's so funny. We had all these like lofty goals of recording in Minneapolis at the Beauty Counter Summit. And uh, like there was really going to be time for that. Clearly, Jess and I were noobs to the summit because there was zero time. Yeah. Okay. Here's something funny I just realized. Laura, your microphone is blinking mute. (laughs) So wait. I thought that mine was because mine was just on and I thought that was the problem because I saw yours blinking. So I, mine's blinking now, but you can hear me. What we're saying. 
blinking means mute, but I'm guessing your computer's just picking up your audio because you sound fine to me. Okay, let's try Do this. Do I sound better now? Do I sound better now? You sound great. You I'm sound sure great this is before. what everyone wants to listen to. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you exactly the same. That's so funny. Okay, well, that we're going to roll. roll with it. Do we even need this microphone that we spent like... <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Probably I've had not. so many issues with this thing. God. Your, your skull candies are probably fine. Like, it's so great. It's so good. The computer mic. It's, it's all good. good. I think it's good when you have multiple people. We should just, you should move here, Jess, and then, and maybe Liz too, and then we can just record in person. Right. You guys. Uh, You're like, I'm good so with good. moving. <laughs> moving is done. I do have to tell you, like, besides the Kansas weather, which is terrible, it's like four days of spring and then it's 97 degrees and humid. Mm. Um, this like lake life is so my jam. I'm really happy. I'm more active than I have been in a really long time. I'm taking advantage of being not an hour away from all of the resources. I took a beginner's tennis class the other day. I'm in the Thursday night ladies golf league. You You are are retired. (laughs) I am literally, I turned to my husband the other day and I was like, this is going to fundamentally alter the course of our lives. We have basically (laughs) retired at 35. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Beauty I want to come counter, live with you. Right? Beauty counters <laughs> retirement plan. Come um, live with me, guys. I love it. Okay. We're going to come visit. That's okay. all I'm going to say. Okay. Because now you got me itching to travel this country a little bit. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, sweet. Okay. Should we answer some questions? Yeah, sure. let's do it. Uh, you want to read the first one? From my list? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with a not heavy one. Let's start with um, this listener asked if we have any hacks for tired under eye issues. Um, Really, I have not figured it out. How old does she say how old her kids are? No, I think they're still young. Okay. I know this listener. I'm going to say like rewind like three or four years (laughs) to before you make it. Um, okay. So puffy eyes, usually an eye cream that has caffeine in it, such as beauty counters, uh, rejuvenating eye cream has some caffeine in it, or I believe hundred percent pure has a caffeine eye cream. Um, Primal Life Organics has an eye or has a coffee bean serum, but I don't love putting oil that close to the eyes because just it'll just get in your eyes. Um, but something with caffeine helps to move sodium, I think, out of the cell to reduce puffiness. So that's always good. Facial gua sha, G U A S H A, is awesome. <laughs> just as. <laughs> Just spelling it to herself. Spell that out. It's really, really simple. You can just Google it. Gua sha is basically like, it's basically like scraping. I mean, it's not, but you can get a tool for it on Amazon or you can just use like a ceramic, little ceramic plate or something like that. Like I have a ring dish that I've used for it. But facial gua sha is a really great way um, to just get all the fluids moving. And then if you're just talking about like dark circles and stuff like that, that's a little bit tougher. Um, but almost any eye cream will help a little bit because if you're hydrated, it's not going to look as, as bad. Um, but other than that, really just like sleep and, and some lymph massage. Is there anything you can do for like our dark circles? Are those like genetic? Like, I feel like some people are more prone to that. Like Yeah, I I buy that theory in part because my husband has pretty dark circles, especially when he's tired. I just think it's runs in families for some people. Maybe some people have thinner skin there. 
I don't know, but I definitely buy that theory because I've never really had that problem. I mean, even when I was like postpartum and hadn't slept in eight months, I feel like I still looked fresh enough, you know, other than like I was falling apart and my hair was falling out, but (laughs) yeah, other problems. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any hacks, Laura, for eyes stuff? Um, I I think it's really important to drink a lot of water and I think, but not overhydrate, you know, you make sure you get your trace minerals in there. Um, and then I currently am really liking the beauty counter. I just started trying the, um, uh, counter match eye cream for the first time. And I like it. Favorite. Yeah. So I'm, I'm into that. I'm using that. I also love the, uh, balancing oil. I do. I just use the cleansing balm for everything. And then I put the, um, that's what I use as my moisturizer. And then I put the counter match under my eyes and that's been working really well. So I'm going to keep rolling with that for a while and sleep. <laughs> if I don't sleep, I get bags. And yeah. if I drink too much wine or too much alcohol and don't drink enough water, then I get, then I get bags, they get puffy. So those are the things. Eat well, Absolutely. sleep well, yeah. and get get an eye cream that you really love that works for your skin. And that, that's the the, tr- the trinity, I think. So I got a question for you, and it was basically about toddlers and food. So how did you navigate, how do you navigate toddler food choices when you were out with other parents and their kids? Uh, probably in a way that's going to make people be like, well, she's not helpful. <laughs> Um, so what I say a lot is like, I did really, really well for the first two and a half years Mm -hmm. and really kind of kept her in a pretty good bubble of good, healthy, nutrient dense food. And then one day she, I turned around and she was halfway through a gas station donut that somebody had, one of the kids at the play date had handed her and guess what? She survived. I imagine that. She's actually okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we pack a lunch and everything like that. But the other day we had a barbecue with friends and she had part of a hamburger with a bun and it's not my favorite thing, but I really, really think like the 80, 20 rule applies to children as well. Mm -hmm. Um, they can do a lot with a little and, um, you know, what I just try and keep sacred is what we do at home. Um, so, you know, maybe she gets, you know, I love chocolate, but she gets her, um, gluten-free chocolate muffin at Nana's house, but we don't have them at our house. Yeah. And, um, you know, I will say we have a bunch of organic Capri Sun juice boxes right now that like I'm letting her have one every couple of days when we go to the beach. And once those are gone, we're not going to buy those again. So I think you do what you can at home. Mm -hmm. I really like the Saturn Institute's, um, take on meals at home. Um, it's the idea of division of responsibilities where the parent is responsible for what you eat and when, and the kid decides how much or if they're going to eat it all or if they're just going to protest. Um, but I try to worry a little bit less. I control what I can and, um, I don't want her to be the weird one. So that's fair. I think we talked about that in one of our old podcasts actually about like food and being the weird one. Yeah. The weird one. And then ending up with like, you know, potentially like disordered eating as you get older, because yeah. now there's these foods that are like, and then there's the whole concept of like linking foods to morality and that's a good food or a bad food. If I eat that food, then I'm bad or I'm good. Um, so yeah, I just, I feel like that's the way to go. I'm kind of in this place where I've talked about it on here before, like anything I put in front of me on my plate or in my cup, she can taste. And I think that's a good way to, um, just make it so like foods are not limits. You can reach for anything, taste anything, but the things that I put in front of myself and the things we have in our house are 
uh, nourishing. And it makes me be kind of anal, I guess, a little bit when we do eat out, just because she's still itty bitty. So like, I want to know what kind of oils are on my food, uh, more so than if I was just the one eating it. But that'll slow, I'll slowly lighten up on that, I'm sure, because um, I don't have a toddler yet. I still have a baby, yeah. so <laughs> they become like we said before. They are resilient. So yeah, that's awesome. Cool. That was a good one. Thank you. Nice and quick. Um, Jess, do you have another question for us? Welcome back. back. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> My computer was literally like, and just like <laughs> melted in front of me. So I hope it was a good conversation. It was great. Um, I do. Food. I have favorite summer traditions. Uh, we have some new summer traditions now that we live here. We're going to the beach, which is like three minutes away by golf cart. We're going down there like twice a day. Um, and just being outside and enjoying the water. I think growing up out here and growing up at the beach is going to be our big, big thing. I love it. That's so fun. Uh, the beach, you know, we're like a three quarter mile from the beach and same thing. Like now that I've got her on the bike, um, that's huge. I grew up coming over the hill to Santa Cruz to the beach and, a big one for us is every year growing up, we went to a cabin in Blue Lake Springs. And so we're going to do something similar, I think. We're going this year for the first time. So it's Evie's like first summer being really understanding what life is. And so I can't wait to go. Um, just just my immediate family and then obviously Rusty and Evie and my brother's fiance and my sister and her boyfriend. So should be good. What about you, Jess? Favorite summer tradition? You know, honestly, I feel like this year has been the first year where I felt like I could even think about like traditions or like doing fun things. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, I, I have just felt kind of overwhelmed with just even anything other than just like day to day survival. And so this summer I'm really excited. We got a pool membership last year. Um, and we, we got the same pool membership this year. So we basically go to the pool every, every single weekend. Um, and we, the kids get to swim and like our pool, they sell like wine and beer. And so it's just like all around relaxing. We, we make it a point to go there every day or every weekend in the summer. And then we are going to start camping, um, a camping trip Yay. in the summer. Camping's I just, my yeah, favorite. We're going, I, I think a few times this summer. Where are you going? So we, when I was a kid, we used to go every summer to the state park that's close to, I mean, it's like two hours maybe from our house. Um, and there's a river, it's called the Frio River because it's really cold. Um, but I just have like the best memories from going there. And then Tim also used to go to this camp um, bit close to our house as well, but it's like even better. It has like this huge, like natural slide, which sounds weird, but it's just it's got more activities like kayaking and stuff like that. So we're going to probably do that and take the kids for the first time. So those are the things that we're going to start doing. I'm super excited. That sounds awesome. I totally understand what you're saying about like, you're just feeling like you're, you can start thinking about these things. That's kind of where I'm at in my life right now too. Um, it's like, it's an, it's a weird feeling, right? You're like, mm -hmm. wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I'm That's kind cool. of behind because other Mamas seem to have it together in that regard. And again, that's no. just comparison. Um, no. But like, yeah, I totally am the same way. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm coming out of that haze of like early motherhood, kind of, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, sure. and I also, we have, you know, waited longer to figure out if we're having another one. My daughter being like three years and a couple, three years and change. So I feel like I would kind of still be in that haze. I've just started coming out of it the last couple of months, but. Yeah. Maybe that's why, yeah, I don't know. Never mind. But <laughs> I love it. Maybe that's why like, which, waiting three years is a thing. I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm going to come out of it and then jump right back into it. <laughs> I'm, my siblings and I are all three years apart, and that was pretty awesome growing up. Yeah. And we're like three be- years. best friends now. Yeah, to the week. October 7th is my sister's birthday. Mine's October 8th, and my brother's October 11th. Oh, funny. My sister and I are the 21st and the 19th. Look at that. See? My, yeah. mom, my mom always goes, Happy New Year. And I'm like, and then I do the math, and I'm like, okay, maybe. I guess so. <laughs> I'm sorry you had sex once a year. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's unfortunate. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So that's us. I think three is a good gap. It's funny. We, when I first had EV, I was like, as soon as I get my period back, let's do it. Number two. And then now I'm like, ah, I just really like the way things are right now. Like I want her to have siblings one, maybe two, but, um, I'm also just like really happy. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And I don't just want to have another kid so that she can have a sibling. Like I, I imagine our family with more than one child, but right now, um, First off, I don't have a period, so I don't know. I mean, I guess it is possible, but it's not happening anytime super soon. Well, I think that that whole thing about I want my kid to have a sibling, I think that's for some, for me, that's like the most concrete I can get, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's hard for me to imagine things that just out of nowhere, you know what I mean? I can't just like imagine two kids running around and what it would be like and blah, blah, blah. But the one thing I can say is like, I think I would like my daughter to have a sibling. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's about as concrete as I can get. So I think that's a totally decent, you know, reason to be thinking about. And I, and I'll also say it wasn't until about a month or two ago for me personally that I even, like, I thought I would never want another one. Mm-hmm. I've been very adamant, like, no, 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 no. And then over the last couple of months, I've been like kind of more open to entertaining the idea, which has been interesting to me. Did we just answer a question basically that <laughs> was waiting to be asked? Yes. We had that. a question of, for all of us, do you guys want more kids? And so I'm, I'm Liz, you basically answered that question. Yeah, and so did I. So now I guess, Jess, you're the only one. <laughs> Can I still just be like, I have no idea? Of yes. course. <laughs> That's a very valid answer. Well, I know, Laura, you know, like, a, maybe it was like a month or two ago, I was like, oh, my God, I want another kid. Like, this is so weird. I don't know what to do because it was kind of freaking me out. Like, because I, like you, Liz, it took me a long time to come around to the idea of a second kid. And then once I did, I was like, yes, I want this. Um, and it was like, all I could think about was like having another kid. And I kind of get that way. Like once I really am open the door to that decision or I'm like, yes, I want to do this. Like I want to do it and I want to do it now. And it's really hard for me to just kind of like let go of the idea. Um, but I've been able to do that. So there was a time like a couple months ago, I was like, I just, I feel like we're missing something. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to have another kid here with me in this family unit. Um, and I still feel that way, but I'm not sure if it's like me birthing my own child or, um, through adoption, you know, I do have feel a calling to adopt and we're actually, I have a a friend coming on that's going to talk about her adoption experience. Um, she adopted a child from Africa, like maybe three years ago. And so I have actually gotten some questions. They want us to do a podcast about adoption and I don't have any experience with it. So having her on, I think will be good for not only the listeners who have asked, but myself as well to kind of process if that's the right step, because just based on what I know about her experience, it's been super powerful, but also very challenging in a lot of ways. And that's something you kind of have to accept when you make that decision. So the short answer is, I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I don't know if my body can handle an actual another pregnancy because it was pretty tough the last go around so I don't know I love that uh, cool I love it my uh, Rusty's thing is like in. oh wait go ahead 
Well, I was just going to say Sarah Hoffman, who has a couple of Instagram accounts, but she's a real food um, blogger and uh, photographer and artist, and she's amazing. Um, she And she's a beauty counter consultant on our team, guys. Um, she is very, she's a huge proponent of foster adoption. So she has three little babies, not so much babies anymore, but there are three young kids that she adopted out of foster care. Um, and so she's awesome too. So if you ever want to do like a episode two of that series, you should totally talk to her. We could do international and domestic foster adoption. I'm sure she would love to talk about it. Because I mean, this podcast isn't just about kit kit like having your own biological like, yeah biological children it's about families in all aspects and however you become a mama or a dad so I just think it's a really important topic and a lot of people just don't that. know what it entails like it seems like such a hard thing and maybe it is but we'll, we can dive into it and see what it's all about we'll definitely have her on I love it cool sweet I think we just have the one more right or do we have time for one more or should we close out there and which one I do. I've got like five, 10 minutes about affirmation right in the car and go okay. to therapy. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that one. We got a listener question, um, actually through email that I just love and I've kind of been thinking about it and I thought Liz, you might have some really good insight on this one too. Um, so here it is. I was wondering what your thoughts are on affirming kids. I'm not a mama yet, but I know my three-year-old niece with my three-year-old niece. I find myself wanting to say things like you're so cute all the time. She is cute. You can't blame me. But I know that my heart is not is not um, doesn't want to contribute to to the vanity of our society, and I want to remind her of other things like that she's smart or creative. But I also don't want to over affirm and create an expectation of her. I know this is something I really dig into with I'll really dig into with my own kiddos someday. So, what are our thoughts? That's what? so hard. Yeah, because we are so conditioned to say certain things to kids, mm-hmm. like, and I I mean I had literally a book on gender neutral parenting, um, when I was pregnant, but I am just so, oh my gosh, like this, I think this also kind of encompasses like what we just kind of tend to choose for our children in the way of clothing or in the way of toys or in the way of like what we get them involved with, you know, so little girls do dance and little boys do karate or whatever it is. And I do think to some degree, some kids just, you know, some girls are naturally attracted to, cute, quote unquote, cute things. And boys are attracted to, you know, sporty things, but I don't, I think to a degree, we kind of make that true for our children by our unconscious and kind of unaware subscription to societal norms. Um, and this isn't something I've completely unpacked, but I am 100% guilty because my kid is so friggin' cute. And she loves tutus and we let her do the dance recital recently. And I've put bows on her for a really long time. And, um, I do try to be mindful of what I say to her, but it's becoming more and more evident that people's default for speaking to little girls is to compliment their dresses, their hair, to tell them they look cute. And for a little boy, you just don't see that happening ever. And so there is something that's programmed into us, whether, you know, from the time we were little, maybe this is how we were talked to. It's probably how our parents were talked to. And it's really, really hard to come up with the right things to say, to kind of break that norm and allow these beautiful children to be whatever they would be without influence or, um, you know, unconscious guidance. So, um, one of the things that I try to do, and this is 
I think that Janet Lansbury, and I feel like you you gals probably have something to say about this, but there are a lot of resources that have given suggestions of alternative things to say to girls. So instead of complimenting a little girl on her dress, you say, you know, it's so nice to meet you. What did you do today? Or what do you love to do? Or whatever it is. Um, for me, my daughter is like too far gone at this point. She loves dresses and she loves like, I have this beautiful dress and she'll tell me I look beautiful. And I honestly don't know what to say. Sometimes I'm like, well, thank you. Do you think I'm nice? Like, (laughs) it's just like, so like not the approach that I need to take. But one of the things I do try to do when I can tell she wants a compliment on her clothes, I will say like, that looks like the perfect clothes for dancing. Like you could really run and play in that outfit. I don't know if that's the right way to do it. And I definitely need to look into this more, but I love that people are asking the question. Yeah. And I don't think there is a right way to do it. And I think it's cool oh, because your okay. daughter is like, she's really into the, the dress and whatnot. So you're not forcing it on her. That's like something. Well, she also her. sleeps with a UPS truck in her, like she doesn't <laughs> sleep with a doll. She sleeps with a UPS truck in her bed with her. Oh so, gosh, so hopefully good. we're well-rounded. A hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. I think it speaks volumes that, you know, she feels like she can, play with whatever toy or choose whatever activity that she wants to do. And she's not going to feel like, Oh my gosh, is this going against what my parents, I mean, not that she's thinking this at three, but what my parents expected me. I mean, obviously it's that yeah. internal struggle, um, but it's also and there are external say, forces, grandparents yeah. and the people she sees every day are constantly telling her so cute and so beautiful, but you're right at home. She can play with whatever she wants. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I and I, you, sorry. No, no, I was I basically going to say the same thing, but I also kind of responded to this um, question earlier before I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast, but something that actually Tim told me, because I was doing it a lot, like Bear would come home and he would say, like, I got, I don't know, some, some sort of accomplishment that he achieved at school. And I would be like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. Like, that's amazing. Thinking like, this is a good compliment because I'm telling him he's smart and all this stuff. Um, but what I try and do now, mainly because Tim suggested it is instead of focusing on the fact that his, he did some like his accomplishment and he's so smart and all that stuff, focusing on the work that he had to put into it. So like, instead of saying you're so smart, you'd be like, you worked really hard to learn your alphabet. And that is amazing. Like how hard you worked or, because it's like, I think they internalize like, oh my gosh, mom is so proud of me when I achieve this thing. Like I need to achieve, I need to always be winning or whatever. So, and also we use that on the flip side. Like if he's doing a puzzle and he gets frustrated because it's not going well, you can still tell him like, this is hard work. Like you're doing so good. Like stick with it or, you know, take a break. You can use that as an opportunity to kind of focus on the, the process instead of the results. And that, that. I don't know, I try and focusing on that a little bit, but like you said, inevitably, like if my daughter looks cute, I'm going to tell her that, (laughs) you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And same for having a son. Like, I know that's something you guys haven't experienced yet, Yeah. but it's really, really hard because I do feel the pull to nurture the, the masculine traits and not necessarily discourage the feminine ones, but I'm still struggling internally myself with all the external pressures of like what it means to raise a boy. But, you know, I think we're navigating, navigating it pretty well. And we don't like, if he wants to wear a dress, cool. Like 
let's wear a dress. Like if he wants to put a bow in his hair, like a sister, awesome. Like really trying not to have, having a very neutral reaction to anything that he's interested in or any characteristic that he displays and just not having an emotional response to it. Um, and then also working through that myself in therapy, because again, it's like, we were just raised a certain way and it's hard, yeah. hard to go against that in your own upbringing. You know what I mean? I'm not being yeah. very eloquent right No, now. you are. And there's also like a societal reckoning going on right now, like about these types of things and gender and social expectations and societal conditioning and all these things. And I'm trying to learn as fast as I can. Um, <laughs> but it's hard. Like we're, we're just doing the best that we can do. And it's also, it's also different depending on where you live. I feel like a lot of times things like this are easier in maybe in California than they are in like rural Kansas or Missouri, where I was before you come up with different um, levels of resistance maybe. So mm -hmm. totally process. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I catch myself saying, oh, you're so beautiful. Or you're so cute all the time. And then I tr always just try and follow it with like, and smart and kind and powerful. But then I like the, the question was interesting to me because it touched on, can you like over compliment or set too high of expectations? Mm -hmm. Is Evie now going to be like, well, I have to be smart and kind and powerful. Like, eh. Interesting. Yeah. I just feel like the fact that we're even thinking about this stuff, you know, I had to, I love my dad so much, but yesterday we were at their house and he made a comment about, so, um, they were watching golf and he made a comment about one of the golfers. they were female golfers about her weight. And I just looked at him. I was like, dad, I need you to not make comments like that about female bodies in front of my kid, like period. Nice. So Good some, job. sometimes it's like, we can worry too much about so much about being perfect. Just like we started this episode with now we're wrapping it up with the same thing. But I think just the fact that we're cognizant of it and thinking about it, and maybe we just work a little bit harder to help our kids to understand the things they're going to hear without a doubt, like they're going to hear men make comments about females' bodies. And so helping them kind of like work through that versus worrying about too much. I, I think it's going to be really hard to over compliment our kids and to tell them that they are to be, to say too many times that they're smart or kind or that they work really hard or whatever the thing is. I think it's, we, it's important for me. I'm trying to just be aware of like helping her traverse the things that she I can't shelter her from that. She's going to hear those things. And I can try in my own home or in my parents' home to make it a, like a norm to not talk about women's bodies, but in that way. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's such an interesting, we could probably have a whole podcast episode on this topic. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's so it's, it's so good and so powerful, especially raising daughters in this world. I mean, sons too, but Ooh. yeah, I have something, I know we need to wrap up, so I'll just drop this really quick and then we can run. Um, I really think what you're saying is so interesting. And the distinction in my mind is, um, the difference between, that and interrupting, which I know sounds really weird. But for example, if our kids are working really hard on something, jumping in and saying, you're really working hard, like just let them do it. And you know, when they look to you for affirmation, maybe that's when you jump in with like a recognition of what they're doing. But I have found many times that I will interrupt my daughter and pull her out of her train of thought or her hard work or something she's really engaged with to give a compliment or to say something and maybe focusing on saving that for when you can see that your child is looking for that interaction or that affirmation. Oh my God. That's amazing. I saw that firsthand yesterday. The, she was crawling in the kitchen at my parents' house and my sister like kind of like turned towards her and was like, Oh my God, good job. And she immediately mm -hmm. went down to her belly. Cause I think she just, she got distracted. Yeah. So even on the physical wow. stuff, like if you, you know, it takes a lot of cognitive effort to do physical things and mental and like, you know, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, especially they're that small, it takes a hundred percent focus. So I love that you said that that hadn't really occurred to me. Um, mm. so I'm going to use that now. <laughs> Sweet. Well, 
Sweet. Should Knowledge we wrap bombs. there? Yeah. Liz, tell us where uh, we can find you. I mean, we know. I know where you live. Not really, but. <laughs> probably best to look for me at uh, Real Food Liz. No, probably Instagram.com slash Real Food Liz. Do you Perfect. say it like that? I'm old. Real Food Liz on Instagram. <laughs> or at Real find Food Liz. There. We'll, we'll yeah. link to everything as well. We, all the places. I'm gonna, we'll link to Baby Making Beyond. We'll do all that. Um, awesome. You guys, you can find us at, you can email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. Find me at laura.radicalroots and jess at jess.holdthespace. And please, if you like this episode and you've been with us for a year, or even if it's just your first episode, if you could subscribe, rate, and review, it means so much to us. We actually, we actually read them all and love them. And if you want to hear more from Liz on this podcast, you can go back to earlier episodes. We'll also link to those in the show notes. We've had her on multiple times. A lot of wisdom there, a lot of insight, really awesome stuff. So thank you so much, Liz, for being here. It means the world to us. Thanks, guys. Love you, All right. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Not a bad position for her to be frozen in. No, she looks great. <laughs> <laughs>